اعوذبلّہمنشیطانجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ولنبل و نقم بشعی امن الخوف ولجو و نقسم من الموالی ولانفس وسمرات و بشر صابرین الزین اضا اصابت مصیبت القالو ان اللہ و ان علیہ راجیون چیپٹر ٹو ورس ون ففٹی سکس And we will try you with something of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and lives and fruits, but give glad tidings to the patient who, when a misfortune overtakes them, say, Surely to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. Now in commentary of this, Hazrat Muslim has explained a few points that we have left that we didn't cover last time. One is a story about Hazrat Luqman who Huzur explained that many people consider to be a prophet of God. Part of his story is similar to Hazrat Yusuf in that he was a slave as a child, he was enslaved as a child, and then he was bought by a master, and that master recognized the exceptional qualities that existed in him. And so instead of treating him like a slave, he began to raise him like a son, and he showed him great love and affection. There's one particular story in the relationship of love and respect that they had between one another, in that his master one day was giving, gave him a piece of fruit which he thought was sweet and which was ripe, but in fact it was bitter and it was raw. So he cut a slice of that fruit for Hazrat Luqman salam, and Hazrat Luqman began eating it and eating it with pleasure and happiness. Seeing the happiness on the face of Hazrat Luqman, he gave him another slice of fruit. And when he saw with what happiness Hazrat Luqman was eating it, he thought that I should also taste it and eat it myself. But when he ate it himself, he realized how bitter it was. And he asked Hazrat Luqman why it was that he had eaten it when he had known that it was bitter. On which Hazrat Luqman said that when I have eaten so many sweet fruits that you have given me and have seen all the good treatment that you have extended to me, then it would be wrong for me to be ungrateful just because you have handed me one bitter fruit. So in this story, an aspect of gratitude was taught, which we can learn from. And it is also something similar to what is described in a couplet of Hazrat Masima that even when we are um, true and we are right, we should adopt the humility of someone who is false and thinks that they are wrong. The wisdom of this is that simply being right or wrong is not relevant in all situations. The background and context is more important. And when it comes to relationships of emotion and family and friends, there again being right and wrong is not what is of primary importance. When we go into a courtroom, when we enter into a business contract, all these types of things, then what is right and what is wrong, what is logically applies in that situation, all these things matter. But in a friendship and in a family relationship, being right and wrong is not that important. Because many times we have to make compromises and even compromises when we know we are right. And in those situations, it is actually wrong and unwise to take a stand and say that, no, since I'm technically right in this situation, therefore, I don't have to compromise. In fact, compromise is when we know we are right and then compromising. There's no, such, there's no merit in compromising when we know that we're wrong. So in a relationship, whether it is a family or a marriage relationship, whatever it is, we must remember that compromise is when we recognize that we are right and then we behave as if we were wrong the entire time. And we recognize the gratitude that was there and that should be there beforehand in that relationship, understanding the overall picture. 
Many times when family friends or family members get into fights with each other, then after the fight, after they've been separated and they cut each other off for a long time, then months later or years later, when they look back at that situation, they wonder how trivial it was. It was such a small thing that they got into a fight over and they blew out of proportion. It was because at that moment it seemed big to them. But later on when we separate ourselves from that situation, then we realize that it was just one slice of bitter fruit out of an entire lifetime of sweet fruits. So keeping perspective in those situations is important for avoiding conflict. And this is something that can help us to create peace in our households. Another point which has a Muslim one who explained was also on this point of gratitude, but instead gratitude to Allah Almighty. He explained that the words inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, although they can have the meaning that after we leave this world, we are to return to Allah Almighty, to Allah we return. In, in a misfortune, we remind ourselves that we're not going to stick around in this world forever, so why love the things of this world as if we have a permanent attachment to them? So reminding ourselves of the temporary nature of this world, and inna ilayhi raji'un, is a source of comfort when a person is grieving. But another meaning here is in the present, not in the future. That to Allah we belong and it is to Him that we return. That we do ruju towards Allah Almighty at Tawbah. That we turn towards Allah Almighty in every hardship. That whatever the hardship is, that we are not going to turn towards anyone else, but we are only going to seek comfort with Allah Almighty. So this is something that gives us comfort in the present. That right now the solution to my problem is that I turn to Allah Almighty. Now this is also something that is found in the very dictionary definition of the word sabr. Hazrat Muslim one who explained in the Halil Lugat that sabr means that we complain only to Allah Almighty. Sabr doesn't mean that we don't complain at all. That's not what the meaning of sabr is. That a person goes through a trial and they remain silent and they don't try, find, try to find a way out and they don't complain. Sabr means that when we complain to people who are other than Allah Almighty, when we seek help from people who are other than Allah Almighty as if they are God, as if we depend on them to help us out of that situation and we complain to them in a way that a person should only complain to Allah Almighty. So that is what goes against sabr. But true sabr is that we only seek Allah Ta'ala's help in that difficulty and trial. So whenever a trial overtakes a person, the first reaction that we should have is inna ilayhi raji'un, that we run towards Allah Almighty. Hazur explained that when a child feels afraid, then he runs to his mother, or he'll run to his grandmother, or he'll run to a family member, no matter how weak that mother is. He still feels safe with her. He may be being attacked by a violent animal. He may be being attacked by criminals. And against those criminals, his mother is a weak individual. She has no power to be able to help that child against them. But still, when the child comes into the lap of his mother, then he feels safe and secure. So a child has this awareness of security with his own mother. Allah Ta'ala has taught us in this relationship and in his attribute of Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, which has related to the womb of the mother, that in the same way, whenever some fear overtakes a person, whenever asabatum musiba, then they should run towards Allah Almighty and find comfort in him. And why shouldn't a person find comfort in Allah Almighty when he is the all-powerful? So this is a certainty that we must develop within our hearts. When a person develops that certainty, then naturally they run towards Allah Almighty. There's nowhere else for them to go. The only reason a person flees to someone other than Allah Almighty is when they think that that person has greater security to offer me than Allah Almighty does. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih al-Abul who explained one point on this verse 
which is that if he gave the analogy, he said that a person saw that his friend, he had lost a loved one and he was wailing and he was crying and he was protesting against Allah Almighty. And so he said to this person that, let me tell you and ask you a question and give you a short story. That there was a person who lent his friend jewelry to hold on to him for a period of time. Then later on when he came to take his trust back, the person started wailing and crying and protesting. What do you think of that person? He said that of course that person is a greedy person, is a lowly person, is an ungrateful person. He didn't appreciate the time that he had with that wealth that was given to him, that he could use and that he could benefit from for a short period of time. So his friend said to him that this is the same behavior that you are showing. Now we can look within our own lives if we let someone borrow something, even if we let somebody borrow something as small as a car. When we ask for it back, we don't expect that person to complain, we expect that person to be grateful. So in the same way when Allah Ta'ala has given us a trust and then when He takes that trust back for us to complain rather than gratitude is something that goes against the uh, respect that we should extend to Allah Almighty. Hazrat Khalifat al-Masih said that he lost nine children in his lifetime. And he says that each and every one of those times what he thought to himself was and what comforted him in those times was that at one point or another I was going to be separated from these children anyways. Whether it was because of my dying or whether it was because of their dying. So if I loved them to the point that my heart was so attached to them that I wanted to be with them forever, then would I prevent myself from dying? Even if I could prevent them from dying, how would I present, prevent myself from dying? If a person's entire love and happiness is attached to their family, to their friends, to their loved ones, to this world, even if they try to hold on to everything that they love in this world, they can't hold on to themselves. Eventually we have to die and leave this world. And the grief that a, that a person feels at that time when they are torn away from everything is far greater than the individual grief that a person feels when they lose things one by one. When we lose one family member, we grieve and how painful it is. When we lose one piece of our wealth, our property, we grieve. It feels really bad when a person loses a job, whatever they lose. When we lose these things that are our material possessions, even one by one when they are torn away from us, it is extremely painful. But when they are all torn away from us simultaneously, then it is exponentially more painful. And that is the death that comes upon a materialistic person. That is the grief and the hell that begins for that person, even in this life, as they leave this world in the pangs of death. So as Khalifa Abul gave a beautiful point here, that any time the thought of attachment to this world comes, then this is one thing that we should bring to our minds, that we are separated from this thing right now. But in one way or the other, we were going to be separated from it eventually anyways. And so there is no need to grieve now when we were going to grieve later. In fact, Allah Ta'ala has given us the beauty of teaching us the lesson gradually and piecemeal by removing things from us one by one so that we are ready when the time comes to remove ourselves entirely, we are able to do so. There is one story of Hazrat Khalifa Abu about gratitude to Allah Almighty where he describes that he was under great difficulties, a great deal of tragedies had come upon him all at one time. And right at that time, he also went to the masjid and led namaz. And as he began the namaz, he came to the beginning of Surah Al-Fatiha. And he paused there because he wanted his heart to be filled with gratitude to Allah Almighty before he said Alhamdulillah. He didn't want to say it insincerely and just as a formality. And so he describes that the situation was a great difficulty for him. Because on one hand, he was standing there about to begin the prayer and the people were following him behind and they were waiting for him to say Alhamdulillah. And there was a sense of urgency and difficulty there. But on the other hand, he didn't want to force it out of a fakeness either. He wanted to say it genuinely. 
But there he says that these points came to his mind. And then he said, and he was able to say, Alhamdulillah, with full gratitude from within his heart. And praise Allah Almighty at the time of that great tragedy. So these words of inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun, that to Allah we belong and to Him we return, they carry many different meanings from many different angles. And all of those meanings are a source of comfort for us when we encounter difficulties and trials. Now a few points that Hazrat Masih mentioned in relation to these verses. One point was about <clears throat> how Allah Ta'ala tries us. And he also gave the example that this is how human leaders try us as well. When a king or a leader becomes angry at someone, and then that person bears that anger with patience and with resolve, then afterwards the king ends up promoting him. Because he appreciates the love that the, and the sincerity that that person showed in that time of difficulty, he didn't turn away from loyalty to that king. This is something that is also seen clearly when it comes to khilafat. Many times it happens when a prophet of God or a khalifa became angry at someone. But as a result of that anger, when that person bore it with patience, then he became the recipient of far greater blessings. In that hardship, he showed loyalty. We know one clear example in the time of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, where one Sahabi, because of a mistake of his, he remained behind in a battle that all of the Sahaba were required to go to. And so in this situation, he was deserving of punishment. And so he was excommunicated by the Holy Prophet ﷺ for a period of time. And that time was extremely difficult for him. He had to go through many hardships and uh, a great deal of the, the sadness and the depression that he describes. And in that state, he says that he received a letter from one of the kings that were in that area. It was perhaps one of the chiefs of the tribes in the north or some area that was around there. And the, the letter said that I have heard that your king has treated you poorly and has not appreciated you for your value. And so I invite you to come to me and I will give you full respect and honor and wealth and everything that you desire. When he received this letter, he read it and then immediately threw it into a fire that was near him and said that this is indeed a trial that has come from Allah Almighty. Now after he went through this trial, he describes that when he was eventually forgiven, then the brightness and the happiness on the face of the Holy Prophet ﷺ was so great that it was beautiful in his eyes. It was, it was exceptional in the beauty that he observed. And the Holy Prophet ﷺ said to him that this day today, the day of your repentance and the day of the acceptance of your repentance is better than the, any day that has come upon you since the day that you were born. So this is an example that applies to human beings and human relationships. And it also applies to Khilafat. Many times it so happens that the Khalifa reprimands a person. And even for example, it may happen because of a misunderstanding on some rare occasions that the Khalifa reprimands a person, but it was because of a misunderstanding. But when that misunderstanding is cleared up, the person who bore that suffering with patience, he rises in the eyes of the Khalifa because of that loyalty and sincerity that he showed. So this principle is something that applies to our relationship with Allah Almighty, but it also applies with human relationships as well. And this is something that we should keep in mind that it is a principle of loyalty that we understand in human relationships and also in our relationship with Allah Almighty. Then another point that Hazrat Masimah mentioned, just similar to the points that we went over yesterday, but I'll just go over them briefly and um, those points that are from a different angle, I'll take. Hazur <clears throat> described that as was mentioned yesterday, that we should not feel sorry for those people who go through trials. Rather, we should feel sorry for those people who are always in a state of ease because they are the most unfortunate of people because they live lives as animals. And Hazur described that 
الائبریننگ آن دس پوائنٹ در خوشی کے ایام اگرچہ دیکھنے کو لذیذ ہوتے ہیں مگر انجام مگر انجام کچھ نہیں ہوتا ہی سیز در آل دو ڈیز آف ہیپینیس آن دا سرفس لک ٹو بی پلیجربل بٹ دا فیوچر دی اینڈ ریزلٹ از نتھنگ دس از سم تھنگ دیٹ از ابزرویبل ان آور اون ڈیلی لائفس ون اے پرسن گوز تھرو ٹائمز آف ہیپینیس دین دوز ایئرس فلائی بائی ایز اف نتھنگ ہیپنڈ ڈونٹ ایون فیل ایز اف ٹائم ایز گون بائی But when a person goes through difficulties and trials, then it feels as if time has stopped. And so much changes during that time period within ourselves. There's one quote of Oscar Wilde that I very much like, where he describes in one of his plays, one of the lines of the characters was that a person can go for years without living at all. And then all of life comes crowding into a few hours. So what Hazrat Masimud describes here is that those years that a person lives in pleasure and ease, They have no result. We end up coming out of those years of pleasure the same way that we had gone into it. And even our memory of that time is something as if it had flown by as nothing. But when we go through difficulties and trials, then that is when all of life comes crowding into a few hours. And we live years within that short period of time. And a person goes through fundamental changes in their character to improve themselves. Or if they're unfortunate, then it destroys them. So in this way, we should have perspective on times of happiness and sadness and look at it from this broad perspective and appreciate them. Another point that Hazrat Masimah mentioned was on repentance when we're going through a trial and how we should react to a difficulty and how we can remove that difficulty. Hazrat Masimah describes that this is a point to remember that کہ جو شخص کسی بلا کے نزول کے وقت میں کسی ایسے عیب اور گناہ کو توبہ نسوح کے طور پر ترک کر دیتا ہے جس کا ایسی جلدی سے ترک کرنا ہرگز اس کے ارادہ میں نہ تھا تو یہ عمل اس کے لیے ایک کفارہ عظیم ہو جاتا ہے اور اس کی سینہ کے کھلنے کے ساتھ ہی اس بلا کی تاریکی کھل جاتی ہے اور روشنی امید کی پیدا ہو جاتی ہے پرامس مسائی علیہ السلام ڈسکرائبز دس از اے پوائنٹ دیٹ از ورتھی آف ریمبرنگ that when a person is overtaken by a misfortune, then at that time, if <clears throat> he repents and abandons an evil and a sin that he was in, and he abandons it and does repentance in a way that he would not have otherwise done, <clears throat> then this action becomes a type of atonement for him by which his heart is open and the darkness of that trial begins to be removed and light begins to appear on the horizon. This is a very important point for us to remember because many times when people are overtaken by a trial and a hardship, then they look for every way that they can to get out of it. And also we give sadka, we ask people for prayers, we do all these different types of things. But those different things that we do, they're only of a temporary nature. If a person gives sadka and gives money, it's one thing, it's only temporary. When a person prays, then they pray and it is something that they pray for a little while and they can abandon it after that trial has gone away. These are all almost easy ways out a person you one could one could argue but the most difficult thing to do in that situation the greatest sacrifice that we can make is to create a permanent change within ourselves that's very difficult to do it's easy when we're going through a trial to just ask somebody else to pray for us and do these temporary things but then imagine when we are in that difficulty to then explore within ourselves and look for something that is a sin that we are attached to and it would be very difficult for us to leave And then in the pain of that trial, make up our mind firmly that now I do tawbah from this sin and I will never do it again. And I make this change within myself. That trial then becomes a source of change within that person. And it is a huge sacrifice that he makes. And this is a sacrifice and a resolve that that person makes of their willpower. 
and a turning towards Allah Ta'ala that takes a great deal of effort which Allah Ta'ala appreciates. And Hazrat Masih has said that this then begins to remove that trial and that hardship. So when we find ourselves in a difficulty, this is a point of, pre of a prescription that can be of great help to us. The prescription for removing that trial is to react with the point of greatest resistance by doing tawbah and making a positive change within our lives and abandoning a sin completely. And that will be a source of salvation for us. So this point is something that can benefit us when we face difficulties. So now if there's any questions on what we've covered today, then we can address them. Or any questions in general, if, even on something we haven't covered today. <clears throat> This completes the uh, points um, on, the, on these verses of this ruku on you know, trial and hardships. So inshallah tomorrow, unless there's some new point that I come across until then, we will start from verse 159. <clears throat> Alrighty, if there's no questions then, we can end here and continue tomorrow inshallah. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammad. وبارك وسلم إنك حميد مجيد